Good morning, church. You know, this, this time of, of year is a very familiar place for us to be standing. It's, it's like standing in the doorway of all these possibilities, all these hopes, all these dreams we have for the year that, that feels like it's brand new. You know, it, it comes right on the heels of Christmas, and, and it always feels to me like it's this, it's this wonderful gift, it's this present that we've been given that we're just now starting to unwrap. And we don't know exactly what this next year is going to hold for us, but, but I can't but, but be filled with a sense of anticipation and excitement as I think about this, this ability to try to kind of turn the page on the year we've just lived through and start to get ready to, to find out what life is going to be like in 2021. And yet, I also find that because of the kind of year that we, that we just lived through together in 2020, as much as this is a familiar experience that we have right around New Year's, it's also unfamiliar because we don't just want to turn the page on 2020. There's a part of me that, that wants to forget it, that, that wants to, to find a way to walk away from it entirely. And yet, it's, it's something that we all shared together. It's experience that, we, that we've gone through together. And, and like all difficult, trying experiences— there's something about it that as much as we'd like to forget it, there are things about this past year that we, we need to hold on to. There's things about this past year that, that we need to stop, maybe for just a few moments here, and think about, reflect upon, so that we can, we can look back and we can see some things that are really important for us to see. So as familiar as this, this moment is, and, and as in some ways it's unfamiliar, I want us to center our hearts on the words of a really, really familiar passage for, for many of us, whether you grew up going to church or not. These, these words from Scripture are words that, that almost all of us have probably heard before. They're words that come to us from Psalm 23, and I want us to read them together now. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He lets me rest in grassy meadows. He leads me to restful waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the right paths for the sake of his good name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You set a table for me, right? In front of my enemies, you you bathe my head in oil. My cup is so full it spills over. Yes, goodness and faithful love will chase after me all the days of my life, and I will live in the Lord's house forever. So in this familiar but unfamiliar moment this year, we reach for these familiar words and And I don't know about you, but I I find that I need to be reminded this morning that that Psalm 23 doesn't just tell tell me the truth. It it tells my truth. It tells your truth. Because when David writes, the Lord is my shepherd, he doesn't just mean that that the Lord is his shepherd. He he means that that God is is our shepherd, right? That the, the Lord is the one who's leading us and guiding us. That the Lord is who we need more than we need anything or anyone else. And as long as we have the Lord in our life, 
We have enough. He, he's the one who is able to help us find those grassy meadows and those restful waters in a, in a distracted and, and overly busy world. He helps us find that rest when we don't know how to find it ourselves. He, he helps guide us when we get turned around and we start heading in the wrong direction. He, he helps us find those right paths again. And, and when we find ourselves, like we undoubtedly found ourselves in 2020, having to, to walk through a long, dark valley, he's with us. He, he's comforting us. He's, he's protecting us. He's, he's carrying us when we don't have the strength to move forward on our own power. Psalm 23 doesn't just tell us the truth. Psalm 23 reminds us of our truth. Now, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I, I think I, I, I can honestly say that 2020, while it, it wasn't the, the darkest valley I've ever personally had to face, it was the longest dark valley I've ever had to go through. I mean, here we are months later, what, what nine months of, of this valley that we have been traveling through together and at each step of the way just ready for the valley to end, ready for us to, to be able to, to shift, to transition into a new way of living, a, a, new, a new experience because we're, we're tired of this. We've all had enough. And like I said, I, I think we, we want to just forget it. We want to move on. And yet the truth is that because the Lord is our shepherd, because because he is what we need more than anyone or anything else. Because he cares for us when, when we don't have any answers that are, that are easy for us to understand. That he, he strengthens us when we don't have, have a sense of how we're going to keep going. All of those things are true for us, right? We find that, that God is the reason we made it through this past year. And yet, in, in addition to the fact that that God was with us and, and that Jesus was walking beside us with his hand on our shoulder. When, when the Holy Spirit found ways to remind us of the truth that even when we feel alone, we're not actually alone. All of that, right? We, we know it. We experienced it. God, God wasn't just trying to help us get through 2020. God was hoping, working tirelessly. He was, he was hoping that we would, would learn some things from 2020. Now, I'm not saying that God forced us into this dark valley because the truth is, I don't know all of the answers to the question of why last year went the way that it, that it did. All I know is, regardless of, of who's to, to, to blame or who's responsible or, or who made us go through it or, or what made us go through it or whatever, all I know is this, God wanted to use those things that we had to endure. God was, was constantly searching for a way to open up our hearts as we were going through all of that so that we could be changed, so that we could be transformed, so that, so that we could become more and more who he longs for us to be. Now, God does not cause all of the pain that goes through our lives, but God also doesn't waste any of the pain we go through. And so as, as we reflect for just a few moments 
on what it is that maybe God was hoping we would learn from, from 2020. I hope that we find the, the ability to, to, to reflect that way. I hope that we, we find the strength to, to look back and to think about, okay, what is it that I was able to see in 2020 that I couldn't see before? I mean, doesn't it make sense that, that 2020 would be a year that God would find a way to help us experience clearer spiritual vision than we've ever had before? And then on top of what we might have learned in 2020, because we're right here, just three days into this brand new year of 2021, I don't want to just think about what what maybe God was helping me learn from last year. I I want to be sensitive to the, the way that God has placed in my heart a longing for what I I want to do and who I want to be in this year that's yet to come. And we're three days in to 2021, and three days is an important span of time throughout Scripture. Three days is it's long enough for resurrection. It's long enough for rescue. It's, it's long enough for all of us to experience brand new lives. So as I, for the next few minutes, just share my own thoughts and experiences, my own reflections of, of what I learned from 2020 and what I'm longing for in 2021, I just hope that it gives you the opportunity to take that same journey in your own heart. What have you been learning? What are you longing for? Well, when I, I think back, I'd, I'd have to say that to start out, I learned in, in 2020 that I trust God best when things are going the way I want. You know, and I, I know how that sounds, but it's the truth. I, I trust God best when things are going the way I want. And, and what I guess that actually means is when I tend to say I trust God, I, I think if, if I'm going to be really straightforward here, what I, I actually intend is I like God when things are going the way I like. I have an affection for God when, when outcomes in my experience are, are going exactly the way I expected them to. And, and more than that, when those outcomes are positive, when they're good for me. And, and when things start to go wrong, when things start to get difficult, when I find myself in moments of, of real, undeniable difficult challenge. There's this part of me that as much as I say, well, I trust God, I start to find that that trust, it it doesn't work very well when I'm in trouble. And it strikes me that that kind of trust, trust that, that isn't stronger than the trouble I'm facing, it's not nearly strong enough to call trust. Maybe you relate. You know, I, I had many nights where I, I couldn't get to sleep. And I, I was wrestling with, with concerns about how unpredictable everything was and how I wasn't ready for any of the things that I was suddenly having to deal with. And I, I didn't have any of the answers to the questions I wanted. And, and so I, I just couldn't go to sleep. And I, I would get to the place where I knew everybody was going through this. I knew everybody was dealing with similar struggles, but I would, especially late at night, just felt like it was me. I'd kind of throw this spiritual pity party, you know, and I'd, I'd start praying to God, and I'd say, you know, I didn't sign up for this, God. I didn't sign up for preaching to a camera in an empty auditorium, and I didn't, I didn't ask to be a part of weekly decisions that had to do with public health, and, and I never expected to have to try to do church when we couldn't actually regularly meet together in one place, God. It's, it's not right. 
what I'm, I'm having to deal with here. It's not fair. It's not fair. You know, and I, I think back to those, those nights of wrestling and not being able to sleep and kind of having that moment of, of just feeling like, you know, God, if, if you cared about me, if you loved me, I wouldn't have to go through these kinds of challenges. I, I wouldn't have to deal with these kinds of situations. I, I look back and there's a part of me that's just, the, it's embarrassed. Well, I don't really believe that if God loves me, my life's going to go exactly the way I want it to go. But there are times where if you watched me, you, you'd come to the conclusion that that's exactly what my expectations are. I have to confess, 2020 revealed to me how spiritually entitled I am. It revealed to me that the reason I feel at times like it's not fair that I'm going through difficult moments is because so much of my life isn't actually filled with difficult moments and I get used to it. I get used to things going the way I want them to go. I get used to things going smoothly and I get to the place where I take it for granted. 2020 helped me see so clearly how ugly that can be. How, how, how much of a, a challenge that becomes in growing up, maturing spiritually to somebody who realizes that if I say I'm, I'm going to trust God, it, it can't only be some vague thankfulness or affection towards God when things are exactly the way I want them to be. When I find out you know, that, that I will not be having the kind of experience I want to have in, in any kind of circumstance or situation, that's when I find out how strong, how real my trust in God really is. And so as I think about 2021, you know, I long, I, I want to have a trust in God. I, I want to trust God no matter how things are going. And I want to hold on to this insight, right, that, that the reality is trust goes stronger when I'm struggling, that, that it reveals how, how weak my, my trust is at first, but then as day after day of, of, of 2020 passed and I realized I was still here and God was still faithful and God was finding ways to help me and, and help you and help all of us in ways we would, we would have never expected or asked for, my, my trust in God grew stronger and stronger. It, it doesn't grow that way when everything's going smoothly. It just doesn't. I know none of us signed up for this. I know none of us asked for it. I know preachers are far from the only people who've had their jobs completely changed and, and difficulties that they, they would have never, never really thought they'd ever have to go through. I know that at the top of that list are our medical workers and our doctors, our nurses, all the people that helped them, and, and all of our school teachers who've had to juggle a thousand different, different types of tasks that some of them they had some experience with, many of them they didn't. And I know the list goes on and on. The, the reality is if you still have a job at this point, it's harder than it's ever been before. We've all had to face the same kind of challenges and curveballs in 2020. The question is, what did we do with those, those challenges? Did we allow those challenges to build our trust? Or did we waste a ton of time feeling sorry for ourselves? I want to be somebody who, when I realize I'm in the middle of, of trouble, when I'm in the middle of a challenge that I didn't see coming, that I... 
I depend on God. I rely on God. I don't rely just on myself. I don't just depend on my own sense of how this should go, but I depend on God. Martin Luther, the the German theologian from church history, he has this, this great quote where he just says, look, pray and let God worry. And I I love this quote, I think, because it sounds like somebody who I relate to. These words to me sound like somebody who's so used to worrying that one of the only ways that maybe Martin Luther could stop worrying was to say, well, God is going to be the one worrying now, right? That that the the best uh, worrier in all of creation is not going to do my worrying for me. Now, I don't know if that's exactly what, what Martin Luther is trying to say here, but I relate to that. I relate to thinking, you know, the only way I can find a way to go to sleep is if someone who's competent and able is now worrying so that I don't have to. The reality is God doesn't worry. God responds. God acts. God, God is faithful. But what good is our prayer life with God when we bring things to him, our concerns, our anxieties, if we, if we continue to carry those things on our own? Brothers and sisters, we need to be people who grow intentionally that trust in God. I need to be somebody who grows that trust in God. And one of the easiest places to begin, one of the clearest places to begin, is to say, you know, when I pray, when I bring those concerns to God, I will truly entrust those concerns and anxieties to him. I'm going to pray instead of worrying. That's the kind of person I want to be in this new year. Okay, second, when I I think back to 2020 and and what it was like to go through everything we went through, I, I, I learned that I expect to get to see other people whenever I want. I expect to get to, to spend time with other people whenever I have that desire. You know, up, up until last year, you know, I, I'm somebody, depending on how well you know me, you know, may know this about me or not, but I, I am, I'm an introverted person. You know, I enjoy spending time with people, uh, but, but a little goes a long way for me at times. And with some people, just a little bit goes a really long way. And I think we all have people like that in our lives, right? But I kind of always have had to socially pace myself. You know, but we, we end up going to a, a, a get-together and there's a bunch of different people there. As much as I enjoy being there in the moment and talking to folks, it drains me. It, it, it can be a real challenge for me. And I, I need, you know, a lot of time to recover from, from that kind of socializing. And so la- last year, you know, I just realized I, I took for granted not only that things were going to go smoothly, I took for granted that when I felt up to it, when I had the desire to, to be around other people, uh, all I had to do was get up leave my house, leave the office, meet them for a meal, meet them for a coffee, uh, have, have an evening get-together, whatever it was, I, I took for granted this reality that people were just going to be available, that I was going to be available. I took for granted that we were going to be able to, to come together, to, to share the same space, to, to be face-to-face, and, and to open up our hearts to one another when, when we're not just six feet apart or, or even farther, right? I, I took it for granted. And because of that, I, I didn't really pay close attention, not, not only to, to how often I was seeing people, but there were many times I'd find myself with somebody and I wasn't paying nearly close enough attention to them while I was with them. Because in the back of my mind, I thought, okay, well, you know, I have a lot going on today. And, and even if we don't really have a lot of time where, where we can really connect in this moment, this lunch, this coffee, well, we'll have an opportunity later. 
you know, I'll get to see this person again. I'll get to, I'll get to share space with them again. Maybe you relate. You know, but before 2020, I just didn't give much thought to, to this reality that there might come a time when I wasn't going to have those kinds of moments. I wasn't going to have those kinds of opportunities. And so in light of that, as I think about this next year, you know, I, I want to cherish the time I have to spend with others. I, I want to I find a way to treat it, to see it as the gift that it really is. Because brothers and sisters, togetherness is a gift from the heart of God. Now, I know togetherness is, is complicated at times. I know it's a challenge at times. I, I know it can be hard at times. But it is a gift to us from the heart of God. You know, I, I can't be who I'm supposed to be on my own. You, you can't be who you're supposed to be on your own. We, it's not just nice for us to be together. We need each other. We, we need to be in the same space. We, we need to have that kind of connection that's not just a spiritual connection, but it's a, it's a full-bodied connection where, where we get to look someone right, right in the face, and they're, they're there. We can feel their presence. Togetherness is a gift, and it's a gift that too often, because I, I felt like I could just kind of pick and choose when I experienced it, I just, you know, I didn't really wake up to the the wonderful opportunity that whenever we have an, a, a chance to, to be together, whatever that, whatever that situation is, circumstances, God is present. When we connect with one another, God is, is connecting with us. You know, I, I know that all of us have complicated relationships. I know that all of us have been hurt before in relationships. I know that all of us have regrets in our relationships. But if 2020 taught us something about relationships, it's that for all of the, the challenges they can present, man, they're worth it. They're always worth it. American author Wendell Berry writes, Healing is impossible in loneliness. It is the opposite of loneliness. Man, I, I love how straightforward those words are. Healing is the opposite of loneliness. That, that whatever it is in me that's wounded, I need community to find that healing. I, I, I need you to experience that healing. It's why church, it's, it, it's why faith community is so central to Scripture, to, to all of the New Testament. As we think through what does it mean to be people who are made whole by the good news and the experience of, of receiving the good news of the gospel into our lives, right? That we're supposed to be healed from all the things that, that are broken inside of us. Well, we can't experience that alone. We experience it together. And so I hope that in this year to come, I'm able to be a place of healing for you that you're able to be a place of healing for me, that, that our nearness, our connectedness to one another, as we get closer and closer to a place where that's, that's going to be safe again, right? That we can, we can bring that, that comfort 
that Psalm 23 talks about, right? The comfort that comes even in the dark valleys, that we can be that for one another. That's exactly what we can do when we open up our hearts to the God who wants it, who has created us for that kind of experience, who has created us for each other. Well, the last kind of reflection from 2020 and, and the connected longing to that that I want to share with you this morning is when I we'll look back at last year, I, I also learned that I try to live in the past when the future isn't as clear as I want. You know, I tend to go back. When I don't know what, what's going to happen next and I'm aware of it, I, I, I start to, to kind of try to stop and slow down and eventually even try to hit the rewind button back to a time and a place that made more sense to me, back to a time and a place where I felt safe and secure. And the past can offer all of that for us, right? There, there's a reason we do that. But at the same time, the past, in addition to being possibly safe and secure, there, there are ways in which the past can be like quicksand and, and you kind of get stuck and then you start to sink and, and maybe you're not even aware of it. And you're just, you're not really living your life with a sense of hope and anticipation about how God is going to be present in the future that God's giving you. You know, it, this is something that, that everyone struggles with. I think it's especially true for those of us who, as we think back to those times in our life, those of us who go to church, right, it, it always seems like when things were, were simpler in the good old days, that things Things made sense back then, that, that things were easier back then. And, and this is, I think, one of the dangers of getting stuck in the past, right? We can always learn things from the past. That's exactly what we're doing or trying to do this morning. I'm not saying we, we completely forget the past. I'm saying we want to be careful not to be stuck there, not to, not to try to build a home in the past, because it, it's just, it, it's a way for us, I think, to try to protect ourselves, but it's also a way for us to fail to be a part of this ongoing, unfolding mission that God is calling us to for the sake of the world. There's a future that God wants for the world that we are called into. And so when we kind of build a home in the past and we stay stuck there and we, we talk about the good old days, and you know, that may make us feel good for a few moments. It, make us, it may make us have this sense of, of warm nostalgia, problem is it can kind of put us to sleep. And then it gets really hard for us to wake up. And I think one of the, the real challenges is when we tend to tell stories from the past, even when we just tell those stories to ourselves, we edit those stories without knowing it. And we tend to always think about, you know, it's the good old days when, when we, we don't admit that there were many times in our past that it was the bad old days. That it wasn't that simple, that it wasn't that easy, that, that we have forgotten a lot of the, the complexity and the challenges that, that we lived through then, that God carried us through then. You know, it's not just thinking about the past that's important. It's learning from the past that's important. It's, it's figuring out how to use our past experiences to help us be faithful now and into the future. That's what matters. And so I, I want to be someone who doesn't try to live in the past when the future is unclear to me. I, I want to be somebody who, who embraces the future with Christ-like courage. You know, Jesus shows us time and again that, that we can be sure when we promise to be the kinds of people God's calling us to be, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. There are going to be curveballs. There's, there's going to be things we have to, to suffer through. 
You know, that there is no place in Scripture where we're promised that, that the future that God wants to give us is, is perfect. Now, the future God wants to give us is a future where we're faithful, where, where we respond to his faithfulness by growing in that, that character trait, in that value ourselves, that we reflect his faithfulness back to him, that we show his faithfulness to the world through us. That takes... That takes facing challenges and surviving and getting through and looking back and realizing, well, what did I learn about God there? What did I learn about myself there? And how can I now apply that to bless somebody else, to help somebody else? I want to be someone who embraces the future, whatever it holds. Because while you and I can't know what the future holds, we can decide right now to hold on to our commitment to to facing whatever that is in such a way where it makes us more and more like Jesus every single day. And the more we're able to become like Jesus every single day, the more we're going to become the, the people that this world desperately needs. We're going to become the, the people of rescue. We're going to become the people of compassion. We're going to become more and more the people of service. We're going to become people who live out the unconditional love that can only come from God. That's who I want to be now and into the future. And Christ has shown us the way. Even when Christ knew that the, the future was difficult, even when he's in the garden and he's praying, take this cup away from me, do, do something, change something, he finds the courage to take one step and one step and always one more step because he believes that whatever is waiting for him in the future, his heavenly father is there. We need that same conviction. We need that same courage. Author Frederick Beekner has this quote where he says, go where your best prayers take you. Man, I love that phrase. Go where your best prayers take you. You know what your best prayers sound like? Help me help them. God, help, help me love them. Help me forgive them. Help me share with them the good news of, of your gospel. Help me, help me serve them in the way they need to be served. Help, help me help them. That's what our best prayers sound like. And as we think about the year 2021 and what's waiting for us, we need to also think about who's waiting for us. We need to go to them and we, we need to live Christ's life as we share life with them. It's who we need to be. It's not just something we do. It's who we are. We need to hold on to this promise that no matter what else we face, we, we want to search for the face of Christ we, we, we want to find a way to help other people experience the life-changing love that, that is making our lives worth living, whatever the future holds. We know that we're going to have those kinds of opportunities in this new year. So let's embrace those opportunities. Let's not be so worried about ourselves or concerned about our own lives and the outcomes that we can't pay close attention to what, what's going on in other people's lives and how God's calling us to be there for them. You know, I guess if you had to sum it all up, what I'm trying to say here is, like, like all of you, as I think about this new year, I, I really want things to, to go back to being some kind of normal. But I don't want things to go back to being the same. 
I don't want to go back to being the same. I don't want 2020, as difficult as it's been, as challenging as it's, I don't want it to be something I totally forget, something that, that I just turn the page on and I walk away from. I want to carry lessons from 2020 that I couldn't have learned any other way. I, I want to make sure that like God, who doesn't want to waste anything we go through, that I don't waste what we've been through, what I've been through. And I, I want that for you. So as, as we step into this new year, as you think about this coming week, if you haven't already, reflect. What is it that God was able to show you, to teach you? And how are you going to live differently in light of what you've learned? Because this is the journey of faith. And it is far from over. Let's sing together now.